This weekend on Sportsmanlike Conduct, we talk about NFL free agency, Odell Beckham to the Cleveland Browns, and we talk about the NCAA tournament coming up next. All that and more on Sportsmanlike Conduct. Welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct, one of the podcasts here at Central Michigan Life, pro sports talk show where we talk and you guys listen. I'm Austin Chastain, and to my left, Mr. Andy Gleason. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Oh, good weekend. Um, hopefully a good weekend for yourself, and uh, it's March, baby. I love it. Great time. Elena Hess will be here in just a couple of minutes. Hit the nail right on the head, man. It's it's March. It's it's the best time of the year if you're a basketball fan. Yeah, um, I love March. Uh, definitely one of my favorite times of the year. Uh it's just the time to time to celebrate. It's Cinderella stories. There's um, one seeds, upsets, just a lot of good things happening in March, especially now that the tournament just got released as we speak. So it's tournament time. Uh, the craziness of March is here. I'm excited for it. Absolutely, man. I think we saw a lot of craziness this past weekend with the conference tournaments. Um, I guess you, I guess you could say flash opinions about the tournament bracket, as you said it just came out within the last 10 minutes um you have three acc teams on the number one line with duke virginia and north carolina and then gonzaga adds their name to the number one seed um what 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 are your thoughts um i think it's a little interesting to me i think just the way this weekend shaped up uh was i think why the acc got three one seeds i thought um, Kentucky or Tennessee had a real shot at getting on that one line, but they didn't win their conference tournament. And I think you need to win your conference tournament to uh, get on the one line, unless you got like a weird situation like the ACC. So I think you could have considered Michigan State for a one seed, especially considering the play that or the way that they've been playing lately. But um, yeah, I think it's just a weird year. I would normally be like, what the heck, three three teams on a one seed, but it's just a weird year how about you austin well i i personally i I don't like it um you you said michigan state i think michigan state definitely deserves to be on the number one number one line on in any region it doesn't matter um the way that they were able to beat michigan three times in three weeks 22 days to be exact i think really plays or it shows testament to their season and how they were able to win games that you didn't really expect them to, because all of those wins against Michigan were come from behind in the second half. So I don't, I don't, and Virginia didn't even come close to winning their conference tournament. North Carolina, you could, you could be questionable about it because I mean they did play Duke in the semifinal, but I don't, I don't think there should be three ACC teams on the number one line when Michigan State won their conference tournament in arguably one of the more tougher conferences in the country. So I think Michigan State should be a, a number one seed. Um, I agree with Gonzaga being on the number one line. They were top ranked for, I couldn't tell you how many weeks this season, but they were up there throughout the season. Um, and I think Kentucky or Tennessee could have been on there, but Tennessee got blown out by Auburn today. So Smoked, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but Michigan and Michigan State are both two seeds. Michigan State in the East, where they will, well, they're set on a crash course to meet against, meet up against Duke. Um, that would be in the Elite Eight, and Michigan is in the West. They don't really have a crash course to play anybody big other than Gonzaga. Where do you, what do you like about Michigan and Michigan State's draws? 
Um, yeah, I think it's a tough draw just being in the same side of the bracket as Duke if you're looking to go to the Final Four or um, if that's your goal. But if your goal is to win the national championship, which I think it should be for Michigan State, it's you're going to have to beat Duke at some point probably. So uh, get it over with in the Elite Eight. Um, definitely going to be a tough match, but that's a tough draw. And Michigan, I don't know. I like Michigan's draw. Gonzaga just lost to St. Mary's in their conference championship game. And, I mean, they beat Duke early in the year, but they've been playing, like, uh, lesser competition, and I'm a little hesitant to commit on the Zag. So I like Michigan's draw. Um, unfortunate for Michigan State that they got a matchup with Duke in the Elite Eight more than likely. So, um we'll let the games play out uh I don't know I'm just not a big fan of the way Michigan's been playing lately they had a nice win over Minnesota but I really see Michigan maybe slipping up in the second or third round of the tournament this year and just saying if they do slip up in the second round they could be playing my Gators that would be that would be kind of cool um as a a Florida fan to have the Gators take out Michigan and end their season painfully just like they did in football but I'll 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 leave I'll leave I'll leave that to a to a different to a different time um but i agree if if you're if you're looking for the i guess easier draw quote-unquote michigan's got it um michigan i think if if they can play the way that they did in the middle part of the regular season kind of that transition time from non-conference to conference play they'll, they'll be unstoppable and they'll, they'll make it to the final four no problem uh, michigan state on the other hand i i don't think there's any way that anybody in this country beats duke with Zion Williamson, without him, it's it's kind of it's kind of easy. They they didn't look very good without him, but they are just a totally different animal. Well, would you look at that? Look who just walked in the door, Elena. How's it going? It's going really good. I'm glad to be here. Sorry I was late, but uh, I made I, it. I guess it's fine. <laughs> we're happy. We're happy to have you. Well, well, let's 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 get you a couple of your thoughts on the NCAA tournament. Um, the bracket just came out. Three ACC teams on the number one line. Michigan and Michigan State are both two seeds. Um, what are kind of some of your thoughts coming early on? Well, um, I'm pretty upset with Michigan right now, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just I'm pretty bitter about that. But I mean, Michigan State. I mean, they're they impressed me, but um, yeah, I haven't really got a chance to look it over the bracket. But I mean, I'm I mean I agree with Michigan Michigan State being number two or twos. And uh, Duke, of course, number one. I just I, I heard you when I came in talk about how uh, you don't see anybody in the nation beating Duke, and I totally agree with that. So I'll third that. <laughs> Austin, um, you saw Buffalo uh, live in action this weekend. Nice they could possibly play Michigan in the Sweet 16. Do you think they could match up with Michigan? Um, what's what's your thoughts on that possible matchup? Uh, with with Buffalo, I think their guard play. I. I I honestly think their guard play is better than Michigan's. Um, when when Buffalo is, is is hot, and overall, I think Buffalo might be a little bit better with their guards than Michigan is. I'm not saying that Michigan's guards aren't aren't stellar, um, but I think Buffalo's guards are just that much better. Uh, the big man in there, Nick Perkins for for the Bulls, he didn't have much of a role in their in the MAC championship yesterday, but. Him coming off of the bench, which is just beyond me why he comes off of the bench. Um, he's technically the sixth man of the year, but he would start in any other on any other team, I would say, in the country. So if 
if Buffalo and Michigan were to play, I would honestly consider the Bulls moving to the Elite Eight. Yeah, well, I was looking at that matchup and uh want to see your eye. Uh, how big is Perkins? I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think he's like 6'10", I want to say like 230 or okay, something. Okay, he's big. He'll he's be able to guard Teske then. Hey. Absolutely. That's what you worry about a MAC team, maybe 7-1 John Teske, but it sounds like Perkins has the size to match up. Hey. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and Teske's kind of a skinny guy um, to kind of – Compared to to CMU, I know that's not the same. This is not the CMU sports podcast, but Rob Montgomery for the Chippewas is six seven, I think two fifteen. So he's he's a pretty skinny guy for as tall as he is. And Perkins was able to to tower over him, and Montgomery wasn't really able to to move around that much. So it's kind of that same comparison. I know Teske's a lot taller, obviously, right. but that's all. I think Perkins really matches up well and I think the Bulls match up well against Michigan. I know we're we're ju- the bracket just came out um but who wins the big dance? Duke. 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 <laughs> Three Dukes. Okay, cool. Um well that makes it pretty easy. Um but last question then we'll kind of move on here. How excited are you guys for the madness to start? I'm really excited. I mean, anything can happen in March. We all know this. It happens every year. A huge upset always happens. So I'm interested to see who it's going to be this year. Um, I mean, and, like, anything can happen. Like, we say Duke, but, like, everybody's got to be healthy. Everybody's got to be on their game. So you never know. I'm just excited to uh, fill out my perfect bracket in a little (laughs) bit. I am not going to miss one game this year? Yeah, of the eight brackets that you're going to fill out. Uh, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. imagine that you'll get at least one of them right Maybe every single 100. time. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'll definitely be filling out at least six of them. Uh, that's not an exaggeration. I always fill out at least six or seven. Some people don't like that. Yeah, Some no. people think that's like I. I think mm-hmm. it's fine. Like yeah. whatever. You if you're have, paying like, for it, then honestly, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just bored. So I'll yeah. just print out a bracket and fill it out in the middle of right. class when oh goodness. You got to have one bracket of integrity, like yeah. one bracket, like put a star on it. Like, hey, this is what I think is going to happen, but I'm going to try and win money with all these other ones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Usually I'll like make what I think is going to happen and then what I hope is going to happen. Yeah. So like I usually have Michigan winning one every yeah. single oh, time. Goodness. Every single time. Just okay, like, I, I, would, I would be lying if I said I didn't have Florida <laughs> winning one every time. But that so, again, that's just a dream. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you got to hope for it. So Absolutely. Um We'll kind of change gears here to the National Football League. The new league year, question mark, started uh, this past week. And we saw some incredible signings and trades go down. One that I really want to talk about is Odell Beckham Jr. to the Cleveland Browns. Andy, what what were your first thoughts when you heard this go down i was stunned i was absolutely stunned i uh i think i was like sitting in my room or something and one of my roommates yells odell to the browns and i was like yeah right and i whip up twitter and the first thing i see is odell beckham in a browns uniform already cropped in there and i was like oh my goodness the browns are gonna be electric this year they got jarvis baker and it's i don't know the browns are a contender uh they're taking big risks, but when you're such a bad, historically bad franchise, you got to take big risks to 
Get a reward, I guess. Stunned. I mean, bring in some, bring in the big guns, I guess. If, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know Odell comes with a lot of like emotion and like mm-hmm. sometimes he, that gets the best of him and stuff. But the Browns, like, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. They've they've been at the bottom for so long that like it's crazy to think they could be contending for a Super Bowl this year. And I think they will be like mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield throwing to Odell Beckham. If they get along, you know, that'd be crazy. That'd oh, be abso- awesome. absolutely. Um, it was kind of funny. I was in Cleveland the day after this trade happened, and the guys on Cleveland Sports Radio were just going crazy. It was it was hysterical, honestly. Um, and they were actually talking with, I think it was a Giants beat writer for one of the newspapers in the New York, New Jersey area, and he was just ripping Odell apart, saying, oh, you guys can have him. He, we don't want him anymore. Have fun replacing all your field goal nets when he kicks him down or smacks him with his helmet. But these guys just shut this writer down. They're like, dude, I don't care. He's Odell Beckham Jr. We've, we've got our guy. We now have one of the best offenses, I would think, in the league. Um, I don't know. So that It was just funny to me. Um, and the... the the Giants got nothing for him. They, I mean, Jabril Peppers, Michigan guy, absolutely. But I don't know. They and I think they got a first round pick too, right? Yeah, they got a one, a three, and Jabril. But that for Odell, that's still not much. You know, Odell's a arguably the best receiver in the league. He totally changed the team, and now he actually has a quarterback that can throw the ball more than ten yards with some heat. So I don't know. I'm interested to see it. I think they're drinking the same water as the Knicks. I mean, Knicks <laughs> gave up Porzingis, Smart. and now the uh, Giants are giving up uh, Beckham. So something's going on in New York. Absolutely. Um, it kind of, again, my showing my, my bias here as a Cowboys fan, I'm really liking, just really liking watching the Giants fall apart and having to rebuild. Maybe they'll be better in the next couple of years, but in the, in the short term, I'm really excited because I can almost guarantee two wins for the Cowboys in, in their division, <laughs> and both of them coming against the Giants. So it's hysterical. The Browns, though, they could be a serious playoff team. Definitely. I think um, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think uh, their demise kind of has the Browns kind of up. They don't really have a contender. Uh, Baltimore's offseason moves, or moves have not been as good as uh, I thought they would be. They signed Earl Thomas, but they lost – Mosley, they lost Terrell Suggs. I, I know they lost a few others on the defense, cut Eric Weddle. So um, I think the Browns got to be the favorite in the AFC North without a doubt, in my opinion. No, I totally agree. And I'm actually excited. Like, I want them to do good. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see them have some success because, gosh, they've been so bad. I mean, even, I mean, last year we saw some, we saw, we saw some light. And so, I mean, I think it's going to be good for them. And yeah. I'm happy for them. Yeah, they were. I want to say they were either one or two games below 500. So, and they almost had a winning season too. So it was, it was good to see, but I think that addition of Beckham will put, take guys off of drivers Landry, put guys on Odell. They'll have to somehow navigate both of those receivers. Hopefully they can gel well together. They do. Then they're, they're in really, really, really good shape. The Browns are, and then they have a third guy, Antonio Callaway. They have Nick Chubb in the backfield. And then, like we said, they've got Baker slinging it. I, I think the Browns could honestly be, I don't want to say Super Bowl contenders, but 
they could get pretty deep in the playoffs. I'm going to say they're going to be super Super Bowl contenders. Okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Your friends, Elena Hess. Browns are Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> Andy, you want to you wanna take any, any uh, uh, hot takes here? No, I'm not going to take a hot take. I think they'll compete for the division. I don't think they're quite ready for uh, the Super Bowl yet. Uh, I just got, like, Freddie Kitchens. He's only been a coordinator for eight weeks uh, in the NFL. <laughs> so um, oh, that's their head coach now. So he's got a lot of personalities to deal with. Yep. Um, I don't think you got to worry about uh, Jarvis and Odell um, Jalen too much because they played together at LSU and best yep. friends and all that jazz. Sure. So um, as long as they gel with the quarterback, I'm, I think they'll do good. But I, I don't know. I think it'll be a bit before they can get over New England in the AFC. Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe when Brady retires. I, mean, uh, I, I hope yeah. they. Don't, I hope they're not Super Bowl contenders. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want them to beat New England. <laughs> no, of course but, you um, don't. Just because I love Tom Brady. How can oh, you not love Tom God. Brady? But, like, I mean, I think they Here could. it comes. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, have enough boy. talent, too. Oh, oh they have yeah. They talent, too. So sure. that's what I'm going off of. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, let's we'll somewhat shift gears to the Detroit Lions. Um, they Apparently, there's a pipeline from... New England to Detroit, and it only want, runs that one way um, with Danny Amendola and Trey Flowers coming from New... Well, Flowers coming from New England to Detroit and then Amendola from the Dolphins to Detroit, but those are two really big signings for for the Lions. Um, Elena, did, what were kind of... I know we're... You're maybe not the biggest Lions mm-hmm. fan in the world, but what was kind of some of your thoughts when you saw Amendola, especially Amendola, go to the Lions? I mean, it's interesting. We just got Patricia. Was it two years ago? Is it already two years? One year, year ago. Yeah. yeah. Year ago? I know it's it's it, sorry. It's interesting because if you keep bringing in like the winning mentality, then I think it's good for the Lions. So I think that having having those guys come in, I don't see how it could be bad. But no, absolutely. I mean, you you have. Uh, Again, to go back to Amendola, he was in the AFC East with the Dolphins playing against the Patriots twice a year. He already has that drive. He wants to he wants to beat the Patriots, and they actually did on a kind of a fluke play, but not really a fluke. Um, and, I mean, the Lions did beat the Patriots this this past season, so that's kind of a, a big deal. Like you said, have that winning, quote-unquote, Patriot way. Um, it could help the Lions – Move to postseason glory again, maybe Super Bowl contenders, maybe not. No, no, no. <laughs> I <laughs> don't yet. see that. I don't see that. I I would hope for that one day, one day in the future. But I don't. Yeah. I don't see that this year. I hope, like like I said, that I just hope they can bring some winning mentality, some some new thoughts in there. Sure. Maybe. Yeah, I, I like uh, what the Lions did. Um, kind of like a rough year. They went. I think nine and seven the year before just missed the playoffs and then this past year they were six and ten I believe so um I I just like how they committed to like they committed in New England last year and instead of just throwing it in the bucket they said hey we're gonna stick to our plan we're gonna be New England light you know and hey New England like pretty good probably because New England's been the biggest dynasty in the NFL for the last 20 years so um, maybe the best dynasty in the NFL ever under Brady and Belichick. So I really like the moves. Flowers, great pass rusher, addresses a need. Um, they needed a slot receiver, got 
Amendola needed a slot corner. They got Justin Coleman, who's probably the best slot corner in the league, the guy who plays inside there. And then um, they got Jesse James, too, and, and they need a tight end depth. So four big signings for the Lions, all at positions need. I think it gives them a lot of flexibility with the eighth overall pick now, too, because they don't have to, like, um, really reach on a need. They uh, can take the best player available or trade down for someone who's looking to get a top pass rusher or something like that. Absolutely. You just mentioned the eighth draft pick in next month's NFL draft. What do you think the Lions will do with that? Do you think they might draft a quarterback, maybe Dwayne Haskins? Because Kyler Murray's coming off the board in the first four picks. Um, that's Definitely. that's almost a guarantee. Um, but what do you think the Lions will do with that eighth pick other than trade it down? Because you just mentioned that. Um, but should they keep that pick? What do you think they would do with it? Um, I think they should keep the pick unless they get a really like a really staggering offer. But I don't think they go quarterback. Um, I think they go best player available. Probably going to be a defensive player. I think we could see guys like uh, maybe like Rashawn Gary from Michigan. He could go higher, but he, if but he could very well fall to number eight to the Lions. I think Devin White. Um, that's kind of who I would really like to see the Lions take is Devin White out of uh, um. LSU there, that middle linebacker, Devin Bush too, he's good, but I think that's a little too high for Bush, so um, I think White, Devin White is kind of like my dream pick there, I'd really like to see him uh, play alongside Gerard Davis, they, those two have a good relationship already, and I know they had a good uh, sit down with, the Lions had a good sit down with um, Devin White at the Combine, and they, he expressed his interest in playing alongside Davis, so I think it's a little match made in heaven, and it'd be perfect for Patricia's, Patricia's system. I think, like Andy said, I don't think they should uh, give away that that uh, pick unless they got some huge offer for it. But I know that the Lions like flirted with the idea of uh, maybe getting a quarterback. But I honestly think that I think that's very slim to none happening. But I uh, I think it was just get people talking. You know, just keep your options open. Sure. But I think that the smartest thing for them to do would just get the best player, like Andy said. So I think that's just what they're gonna do. Absolutely, it, it'll be very interesting to see what these what these pieces do in free agency and then what the Lions can do with that with that draft obviously it's it's the most questionable i guess time of the year for the NFL because you have again so many question marks when it comes to oh is this guy guy going to be a bust was this a wasted first round draft pick you just never know um Last question about the Lions. Obviously, it's, I guess we'll call it our way-too-early <laughs> prediction. Elena, we'll start with you. Where do you think the Lions end up record-wise in 2019? Oh, man. I think they'll do a little bit better than last year. What, bit, what was their exact record last year? I think 6-10. and 10. Okay. Um, I, think they, I think they'll be about 500 this year. So I'm going to hope for that. You're, call, you're calling 9-7? Maybe a playoff berth. Yeah. 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 All right. And hopefully. Yeah, I'm right in the same boat. Nine and seven. I think they'll get better by about three wins. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Um, I think, I don't know why, but I just kind of have a hunch that Green Bay is going to be better this year. And then um, Chicago was obviously good last year. So it'll be tough. Division's tough right now in the NFC North. So nine and seven would be a good season for them. Eight and eight even would be a respectable season 
Fair enough. I, I like that eight and eight number. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I think that they have the talent, but they just need, there's going to be something missing. Some, I unfortunately think someone will get hurt. Um, I, I, I don't know who, but a big piece is, is going to end up injured and the Lions are going to kind of struggle. And they'll end up eight and eight, just missing the playoffs. I think Chicago's going to win that berth. Wow. Um, that was very negative. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> well, hey, you know this. I'm a negative person, okay? <laughs> Somebody's gonna end up hurt, but well, it's just, let's it's hope ju- not. Let's it's, just some wood. A, it's just how the <laughs> the Lions' luck has gone. Yeah. I mean, they have they have such anticipation for every season, then just kind of goes out the window. I mean, you, you never hope someone gets yeah. hurt. Oh, I no, hope no one definitely. gets hurt. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just an unfortunate circumstance. It always somehow seems to hurt the Lions, um, more than anybody else. I feel like, but. Matt Patricia, I guess, has to have that next man up mentality and let's go let's go try to win some ball games without our potential star player. So yeah. you never know. But we do know that's it for now. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Keep up with Central Michigan Life and our podcast. For Andy and Elena, this is Austin saying thank you and we'll tell we meet again. Yeah.